This is Real Estate News with Kathy Fedke. As homeownership gets more expensive, millennials are getting more resourceful. The National Association of Realtors says the number of first-time buyers who bought homes with housemates doubled in 2019. It wasn't a huge percentage, but some experts say it could be the future of housing, at least for people trying to buy their first home. I'm Kathy Fetke, and this is Real Estate News for Investors. NAR's 2019 Profile of Home Buyers and Sellers shows that 4% of first-time home buyers bought the home with friends in 2019, compared to just 2% in 2018. NAR's Jessica Lout says, There are a lot of people looking at homes today and saying, I can't afford this by myself, so how can I get into a house? She says millennials are realizing that by finding compatible co-buyers, they'll wind up with a more stable living situation that's also earning equity. By teaming up with co-buyers, they can pool their money for the down payment, trim their monthly mortgage obligations, and reduce the amount they spend on property taxes, insurance, maintenance, and repairs. Realtor.com says the idea made perfect sense for Kelsey Perkins, who's a single mother with two children. She was able to buy a five-bedroom house outside of Denver with another single mom and a third co-buyer. The home was big enough for their extended family and they could split all the expenses, including a mortgage that cost just $900 each, plus one-third of utilities. Perkins said of the deal, what we could do collectively was much more than we could do individually. She said it really made sense to us that if we're able to find a place that met everyone's needs, we'd be able to support each other. Choosing who you buy with will require some careful thought for sure. As Nolo Press explains, if you don't fully think through the arrangement and set it up correctly, it could lead to financial and legal chaos, not to mention a damaged or broken relationship. To help determine compatibility, you might want to discuss the household responsibilities, similar to roommates in a rental situation. Important considerations include who's responsible for collecting and paying the mortgage, who will oversee maintenance and repairs, what the rules would be for pets, house guests, and other visitors, and how you'll decide on home decor and the buying of furniture. These arrangements are more casual than the signing of a sales agreement, but it's a good idea to get it all in writing. And once you have a compatible partner or group, you'll need to decide on how you'll hold the title for the home. The two main options are tenants in common and joint tenancy with the right of survivorship. With tenants in common, each co-owner has the right to pass his share of the home to someone else by either selling it or willing it to an heir. Nolo Press says it's the most common way for co-buyers to take title but the surviving co-owners might end up sharing their home with someone they didn't really want to live with. One way to deal with that would be to have a provision that gives the surviving co-owners the first right of refusal in the sale of the available share. The joint tenancy with right of survivorship avoids that situation. If a person dies, that share goes to the surviving co-owners because they own equal interest in the home, but not individual shares. That's another difference between the two agreements. Tenants in common can own unequal shares, but joint tenancy requires equal ownership. Nolo Press also recommends that any co-ownership agreement include an exit strategy for the co-owners who want out. As with the death of a co-owner, that might include a first right of refusal clause in any sale. Nolo says it should also address other issues, such as how you would fairly assess the property's value for a buyout, whether the co-owner who's selling must accept the buyout offer, and what happens if the remaining co-owners don't have the money to purchase the share that's for sale. It might sound like a lot of legalese, but there's a lot of help on the internet for people who want to do this. One example is Home Buyers Unite. 
The website offers a step-by-step process to help people co-buy homes. And it doesn't have to be a home that you live in. You can set up a co-buying arrangement to purchase investment properties as well. In addition to help with a co-buyer agreement, you might also get help with things like background checks, credit repair, financing options, and other advice. For example, you might have a co-buyer with a low credit score. That could impact the interest rate that you would get on the loan. Lena Bellamayer of HBU says that co-buying is not a decision to be taking lightly. She says every deal will be slightly different because markets are different and buyer motivations are different. Millennials may be a little late to the game compared to other generations, but they're finding ways to get in, and co-buying is one of them. Louts feels that this is a trend that's likely to grow and spread as millennials move to smaller markets in search of more affordable homes. But if you are looking to buy your first property, just meet with a broker first, because you might be surprised at what you can qualify for with just 3% down. You can check the blog for this podcast at newsforinvestors.com. I'm Kathy Fetke, and thanks so much for joining me here on Real Estate News for Investors. 